looking to the home plate umpire Corey Blazer. Here's a fly ball into right. Back at the wall. This game is over. Correa ends it. Series is tied in a game of peace. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. The call there, of course, from Joe Buck a few years ago when he was still doing baseball. I miss Joe Buck doing baseball. Uh, and I will miss him in the postseason as well. I actually, I'm going on a tangent here because I want to talk about Carlos Correa for a second, but the Fox number one team is here this weekend for this game. It's uh, Kevin Burkhart and, and Olsen. This is this is a Buck and Aikman spot. I feel like we haven't had any m- many of these where we miss them. Like now it's starting to feel like they should be here this weekend. I think we'll definitely feel it on Christmas Eve. Oh, right yeah. when we're the four o'clock game on Fox. And yep. No offense to to Burkhart and Olsen, who I think do a fine yeah. job. Just doesn't have a big game feel. It doesn't. So I will miss them. But here's what I won't miss: any Phillies rumor this weekend as the hours go by. So here's the latest, and this one's a big one. And usually on Fridays we move the hot stove check into around eight thirty. Um, and we have NFL picks in that. So I, I said, you know what, tonight we got we to gotta move this up a little bit. We'll, we'll throw this in the mix with all our Eagles conversation because, I mean, this is an honest-to-goodness significant Phillies rumor. So we know over the past, the past couple of weeks we've talked a lot about the shortstop market. The Phillies very likely are going to try to sign one of these shortstops between Trey Turner, Xander Borgars, Carlos Correa, and, and Dansby Swanson. And all of the rumors so far have, have centered around two guys. Really, mostly one, but two. Trey Turner has been the one that's been the most. You know, John Morosio Day saying it makes the most sense. And, you know, and really, there's been a lot of smoke around Trey Turner, like that this could happen. You know, the connection of, to Bryce Harper, the East Coast thing. His wife's from New Jersey. His relationship with Kevin Long. He doesn't want to be on the West Coast. It all kind of adds up to Trey Turner and the Phillies. All right. That, that's been out there. And, and I've just kind of sat on there and, and felt like that is probably going to happen. But then a couple weeks ago, we heard, well, you know, Dombrowski has a great relationship with Xander Bogarts up in Boston. He played for him. You know, Bogarts played for Dombrowski. They won the World Series 2018. Bogarts, really good player. If not Turner, Bogarts. And I have really not that much interest in Dansby Swanson. He's a good player. We know that from all the games in the division against the Braves. But I don't know if he's a difference maker. He's really good. Good player. But I don't know if he's a difference maker that the Phillies should spend $25 million a year on. But the one guy we haven't talked much about at all is Carlos Correa. But how about this? So Jason Stark today said the Phillies have scheduled meetings with all four of the marquee free agents to us before the start of the winter meetings on Monday in San Diego. Uh, the sessions, this is all from Stark's column in The Athletic, the sessions represent one more flashing neon sign that the Phillies are preparing to move quickly to sign a star, star shortstop, possibly even before the meetings end Wednesday. So, uh, Stark said it's not known which order the club had scheduled meetings, but the indications are they will sit down with both Boris clients, Correa and Bogarts, this weekend. For the first time, I've started to entertain the idea that they're in on Correa. And I got to tell you, I think I'm the most excited about Carlos Correa of all of these. I just, I, I just hadn't thought about the idea that they would actually sign him. He, he really hadn't been mentioned much other than they're in the shortstop market. He's obviously a star shortstop. And I'll put it this way. I will not be upset if the Phillies get any of the top three guys. Any, I, I don't want to spend $25 million plus per year on, on Swanson. I just I don't think it's worth the money. But if they get Turner, they get Bogart, they get Correa, I'd be happy. 
But I, I have to tell you how I feel about Curry. I think he's the best player of this group. I think he's the best player. You know, Turner's really good, and Turner would be a star here. But Carlos Correa has been a star from the minute he was drafted number one overall by the Astros. He's played in in big games. He's won everywhere he's been. Well, he went to the Twins. They were okay. But he's won a ton, and he's been a champion. And I know he was part of that cheating stuff with the Astros. I, I'm not going to let it make me not want him on the team. Carlos Correa is a star player. He's the best defender of the group. I think his arm is strong enough that he'll go to third base when he ages off a shortstop. And you wonder about that with all these guys. Like, none of them are going to play shortstop likely when they're 35. I mean, how many shortstops in baseball history have done that? Jimmy? How old was Jimmy when he was kind of done? 35, 36? Maybe he was still playing a good amount of shortstop, but that's very old. right? Derek Jeter did it, but Derek Jeter was also bad at it at the end. You know, and maybe the whole time. But he was certainly bad at the end. Like, it's hard to keep a shortstop at shortstop mid-30s. So all these guys are probably going to move positions one day. You know, I guess Trey Turner goes to second or the outfield one day. Bogarts maybe the second one day. But Correa could go to third one day, and I think be a gold glover there as well. Tucker, I'm excited about this uh, rumor from, from Jason Stark, and I think the best player of all of them is Carlos Correa. Yeah, I mean, the one thing you look at Carlos Correa, you mentioned he's a blue-chip talent, which is something that, that Dave Dombrowski you know, covets. I mean, Trey Turner, as great as he's been, he was traded as a player to be named later yep. when he was in the minor leagues. Carlos Correa was drafted number one overall, came up and won Rookie of the Year at the age of 20. The other thing that really intrigues me is the fact that how good he's been in the postseason. You look at his career postseason OPS, it's 849, wow. which is actually 13 points higher than what his OPS is in the regular season. I mean, when the lights get bright, this guy gets better. And if this is a team that has World Series aspirations as they did a year ago, Carlos Correa is a guy who's been there and done that. He's a guy that's had success in the postseason, and he's someone that if the Phillies were to make it back to the postseason in October, I think would be a better help than some of the other guys. Like, I like Trey Turner. I think Sander Bogarts is a great fit because he just goes out and plays 160 games at shortstop, and he'll hit 295. But if Carlos Correa can stay healthy, he's by far the best option. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the October thing. If you look at the list, and and this was written, this uh, this thing, this list was written a year ago. I don't know if anyone jumped into the mix. I actually would think it's probably the same list. All-time postseason home run leaders. And obviously, as I say this, there was you know the, there were extra rounds added as years have gone on, right? So you go back to 100 years ago, they were playing only the World Series. But still, postseason home run leaders. History of baseball. Number one is Manny Ramirez. Number two is Jose Altuve, who the Phillies just saw in the World Series. Bernie Williams, three. Jeter, right? It's all these guys that play in the postseason every year. That's why their numbers are. Albert Pujols, who was an all-timer and played in the playoffs a lot. After that, it's George Springer. After that, here's who's tied. Reggie Jackson, Mickey Mantle, and Carlos Correa. His 18 career postseason home runs. I think Bryce Harper's up to 10 now or 11 after what he did this this, uh, October for career postseason home runs. I love the idea of getting Carlos Correa here. And, you know, you power rank them. They're different kind of players. Turner's more of a speed guy. He's a runner, a little bit better batting average. But Correa is the best defensive player. I think he ages the best in terms of position because he can slide to third base with his arm. The only thing I worry about with Correa is is his injuries because he's the youngest. Like, you would think he's the best fit. Always you want the younger player. He's had injuries. Now, he did play a lot this past season. It's been back issues. I don't know if he's past that, but 
if they think this guy could last for the next five, six, seven years, I, I love the Cray idea. 215-592-9494. We've talked a lot about Trey Turner. Like, he's come up a lot on WIP, and we played the cut the other day from John Morosi, but this this is interesting. And I kind of like that they're throwing their hat into all the rings because you don't know what's going to happen to free agency. This reminds me a little bit. Now, it's not as big of a deal, but like Machado Harper. I remember that offseason – I would argue because some people said, like, just don't even bother with Machado. Just go after Harper. And I'm like, well, you should go after both of them. Because what if Bryce Harper just says, I'm going back to Washington or, you know, I'm I'm going to the Dodgers. Well, you don't want to be left out of the Machado thing. So I thought they played it right, trying for both of them and then kind of, we you know, figuring out as as it went along which one they were actually going to get. I think it's the right thing to go after all four of them. What's the worst that happens? You you get your third. You get two? Well, I mean, you could move morale, make a trade, figure it out. But I, I'm I'm glad that they're not putting all their eggs in the Trey Turner basket. So go after all of them. Try. Yeah, and I think it makes sense. And you mentioned, like, I'm not high on Dansby Swanson. I think if they signed him, there would be a lot of shoulder shrugging. And, yeah, that's fine. But he's not a perennial all-star like these other guys. But they all bring different things to the table. The one thing they do bring is uh, just an elite talent. And the ability to drive the baseball to all fields. And the fact that Carlos Correa, he won a gold glove in, in 2021. He won a platinum glove um, for his defensive work. I mean, adding him at shortstop, putting Bryson Stott over at second base, immediately makes this team defensively so much better. Yeah, the guy that Correa's always reminded me of, and I'm not saying he's as good, but he's kind of like a an off-brand version. He reminds me of Cal Ripken Jr., really big shortstop that plays the position really well. You think his size, it's like, could he really move at shortstop? And he does. And and then he moved to, you know, obviously Ripken at the end of his career moved to third base and played it pretty well for a few years before he was all done. I, I think Correa could have a similar trajectory as a guy like Ripken. And, I mean, look, if they don't get Turner... Correa is a star player. I'd go after him. 215-592-9494. I think the better player is Carlos Correa. Now, he comes with injury concern, and I think he might want the longest contract, which you kind of worry about that as well because they have Cassianos on the books for all these years and Bryce on the books and all, all this. But the Correa rumor and this report by Jason Stark, it is exciting. Winter meetings start on Monday. The Phillies are meeting with all four of the star shortstops. 215-592-9494. Hop in on the Correa stuff and the Eagles. Do you believe they are a great team? Donald in Chester is up. Hey, Donald. Hey, hey, buddy. How you doing? Good, Donald. What's up? Oh, man. Um, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. It has been. How you been? You been good? Oh, man. I've been good, man. Man, man, I've been um, I've been impressed watching Mr. Hurts here. I, well, okay. how, how are you not? I mean, the guy's playing uh, at a very high level right now. You know, the the the, the first thing be, be, before I talk about the fan base, this was something that I had to come into grips with. As long as I've been a fan, I've never had a quarterback who's who's just used to winning. You know, who just has winning winning ways, and who's going to push himself to get better, and he does a whole lot to influence. So what I'm going to say is that I think our fan fan base is not really used to what's really going on here. You know, well, I Donald, you're right. I mean, used to it. It, used to, it used to being let let down, but there's a difference between this 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 team here from previous teams. 
There you is. Know, and and, and I, I think the quarterback, the quarterback is part of Donald. The quarterback's part of that. You said it. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a winner and he expects to win. And everywhere he's gone, he wins a lot of his games. You think about the last year, I think he's 14 and two in his last 16 starts. Yeah, because I, I think we take for granted because it's college. You know, they say, well, it's college, it's different. But 99.9% of the players in the NFL were in college. It's just supposed to be the best of the best. You know, so this thing is, when you when you have that many, you know, post postseason experience coming from college to here, and you and and I look at and Howie Howie Roseman has kind of made made this team somewhat it's somewhat similar to what Alabama looked like, you know, when Jalen was there, mm-hmm. just trying to make both sides of you know of the ball really effective and I and I think that a lot of people need need to stop worrying about how much he's running the ball because they are attacking the weakness of whatever the defense is. He's already he's proven that he can if they need to throw it, they're going to throw it. Well ex- you know? Donald exactly like the week three game when they went to Washington, Washington kinda of took away the run and they threw the ball all over the field. They they threw it yeah, against I, the Steelers. They threw it I, against the Vikings. I mean he, yeah. So so I mean I think it just need to you know, just sit back and enjoy the ride because get used to it. Because I'm looking at this thing, Joe, in a, in a long, a long term thing, and I'm thinking, and I, I, I really see us getting a couple rings. You know, getting a couple more trophies with this guy at the helm, and in the way Howie Roseman is trying to approach it now. You know, uh, I, 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 Donald, I believe it could happen. I, I mean, I, I think that. I mean, look, they can win the Super Bowl this year. It would not surprise me at all if they no, win it this no, season. No, it isn't because <clears throat> because they can talk about the de- defense all they want, and the weakness is there. But when you are throwing the ball effectively, and then you turn around and you can run the ball effectively, I don't care who it is, the Forty ers who whoever. That's that's hard for them to have to defend. For 60 minutes, and, and the 49ers, they don't score that many points a game, and and they don't. So, so I mean, I don't like the way the way that we are going going about this, and the way these other teams in the NFC is. I don't see, and and, and Joe, honestly, too, I'm one of those kinds kinds of people that believe that we'll we'll go back down into Dallas on Christmas Eve, and it's going to be a long day for them. And it is. I just believe that. I just believe it's going to be a long day for them again. It's going to be a long Christmas Eve for that one. Well, Donald, I hope you're right. And and look, it could be. Now, the one thing about that game, Donald, I always appreciate your phone call. The one thing about that game, big picture, and we'll get to Doc Rivers and his comments uh, from a couple days ago before we get to the trust the pregame uh, at the top of the hour. But Am I going to sit here and, and steal a dock line and say that the, the Christmas Eve game is a schedule loss? No, but that is a difficult spot for the Eagles on the schedule. Three straight road games start next week. Giants, Bears, Cowboys. That That is set up to be a difficult game for them for the simple fact that it's their third straight road game. I mean, historically, teams on three straight road games do poorly. I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard spot, and, you know, we'll see how things go the next three weeks. It's it's kind of weird to think about it in this context, but that game might not, not matter is the wrong word. It might not be crucial to the Eagles' season. If they beat the Titans, Giants, and Bears, wouldn't you think they could win this division and wrap up the number one seed without beating Dallas? I think they probably could. I mean, not, not that they wouldn't try to win the game, but 
you know, third straight road game and maybe without that lack of like, hey, we need this game. I don't know. I, I think that Christmas Eve game is a tough spot. Me too. And they have a two-game lead right now. And they have a tiebreaker over them. Right? They beat him. Yeah, but if they lose to them, then that tiebreaker goes away and it would default to division record. Right. But it wouldn't, like, if they lost the first one, then losing the second one would kill them with the tiebreaker. Right. And and right now you have a two-game lead plus the, the possibility of, d- depending on who finishes with the better division record, I think they both have one loss in the division. They lost to us and, and the Eagles lost. To, to Washington, but you're right. I mean, if they take care of business before and after that, their ability to stack wins early in the season have put themselves in this advantageous situation. Yeah, there's a really decent chance if the Eagles win against Tennessee, the Giants, the Bears, that they could probably wrap the number one seed up and the division in that New Orleans game, even if they didn't beat Dallas. I mean, that that that, that probably could happen. Let's talk to Jason in Swedesboro. Hey, Jason. Hey, what's going on, Joe? What's up, buddy? What are you thinking? Um, you know, there was a caller a little bit ago who talked about our offensive play calling. And I'm not with him where I'm like, oh, we need all these trick plays. We need all these you know, misdirections, double reverses. But there is a vanillaness to our playbook that I feel like it only really gets to be exploited against, like, bad coaching matchups. And I know that they, you know, they have Jalen Hurts, so they get to be able to do a lot of things with the RPO. But this kid is developed, man. Like, you're, you're able to open that playbook now. You're able to see, you know, like, if Goddard, you know, we don't have Goddard now. We need to rely more on that, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, push that ball down the field a little bit more. Now, there will be games, like the Packers, where we just run all over them, and we don't got a pass, and I don't got a problem with that. And I don't got a problem with Jalen running the ball either because the people who are like, oh, Jalen, you know, running the ball, you know, whatever, it's, it, he's doing it too much. He's going to use his legs, man. Like, he's allowed to use his legs to run the ball. Like, and, he, it, and it works, right? Like, it's effective. It's, it's one thing if he's getting two yards or three yards a time. It's like, all right, this is not very good. But, like, when he's reeling, when he's running off 30-yard runs, like, on Sunday, like, why would he stop? Exactly. So, like, when I hear the people call, they're like, oh, he's running too much. You know, it's like, no, he's going to run when the defense is letting him run all over them. Even the commentators in the game were talking about how they were just blitzing off the edge and allowing him to just – Slip through the gap and run up the field forty yards because there's no one there. That's that's the defense giving Jalen what Jalen knows there. You know he can exploit. And I, I'm scared that the coaching is looking really good because we just have a lot of talent and Howie Rosen built a really good roster. Because like there's there's times where that rut hits and it doesn't look like Shane knows how to get out of that rut or Nick. You know what I mean? Like they're really good when they're able to stay on their schedule. They're able to stay on their script. But I feel like if they get knocked wariness off their script it, it doesn't look like they're able to recover the way i would like to see you know some of the top coaches recover but i still think they're great at knowing how to win which is really the best like the, the highest priority well it is and, and yeah and you know we'll see, i think the next few weeks will be a good test jason i appreciate it man as always um titans defense tucker mentioned the numbers earlier they're, they're a good defense and the giants defense blitzes a lot and and you know that's something where jalen struggled at times i think he's been better at it lately but that will be a, a test. I don't think the Giants' defense has particularly great talent, but they have a couple players up front that are pretty good, and they blitz a lot, so it could be its own kind of test. Now, that Bears' defense a few weeks from now might be the worst in the NFL. Like They could just go crazy in that game. But there'll be some tests here coming up for sure. And then the Dallas defense on, on Christmas Eve, 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. We have the Phillies to discuss. Carlos Correa rumors are out there. I love it. I, I think Correa is the best player of this group. Correa, Turner, Bogarts, and and Swanson. I, I think the best player 
is Carlos Correa. Now, Trey Turner might end up being the best fit. He, he does fit seamlessly top of the order. Shortstop, speed. Like, there's a lot about Turner I like. I, I, I puts the bat on the ball. I, I ate 300. Like, I like Trey Turner. But Carlos Correa is the best defender of the group, and we know how bad their defense was last year. And I think he will age well. He doesn't swing and miss. He doesn't strike out a lot. Like, I think he'll age well as long as his body, you know, his back is healthy over time. Better player, Correa or Turner? I think it's Correa. 215-592-9494. I believe we're watching a great Eagles team, a great disagree. We'll come back. Your phone calls, injury news. Bad news for the Titans and actually surprise news on the injury front for the Eagles. We'll get to that, and we'll hear what Nick Sirianni had to say about A.J. Brown. How is he handling this week? He goes up in a revenge spot against the Titans. That's coming up on Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Friday. And I believe the Eagles are a great team. We're watching a great Eagles team. And all this worry about this team this week, Derrick Henry, it's all it's all over the top. I mean, this is this is an excellent football team that has shown to be that all year. 10-1. and one. They have knocked down every opponent all but one in their way. They do what offense Defensive line are outstanding. Their quarterback doesn't make mistakes and makes big plays. Like, everything you want, they stop the pass. They can throw the ball. They can run the ball. Like, everything you want, they have it. And yet, a lot of worry here in Philadelphia this week. I don't get it. 215-592-9494. And I think Carlos Correa is the best player of this shortstop group. The Phillies reportedly, uh, by Jason Stark, the report of The Athletic, are going to meet with all four of the shortstops this weekend before the winter meetings. All right, we'll go back to the phone lines here in a second. I want to play this for you, though. Nick Sirianni on A.J. Brown as he gets set for what has to be a revenge spot for him. I mean, just based on the way A.J. talked when the when things went down, I I have to imagine he's going to um, he's going to have a lot of emotions on Sunday. Here's Sirianni and what he's noticed this week with A.J. Brown. Just business as usual. I haven't noticed anything different, which is exactly what I'd like to see. Just nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Just get himself ready to play this game like you would get to ready to play another game. And so, and that's what I've seen out of him all week. So that's good. I mean, it's good to hear. But I did see a quote earlier this week from AJ saying he has to keep his emotions in check. He's got to be emotional. Like, he, you know, you think about the receivers this offseason. You know, he was moved by his team. And... It was because of money. I mean, they didn't they didn't think he was worth the money. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. They didn't think AJ Brown was worth the money to their football team. That they decided Traylon Burks, a rookie, uh, and and kind of three or four years of, of cheap labor at that position was the better way to go. We'll see how it works out. I mean, I I thought of AJ Brown. Traylon Burks had a couple of good weeks um, as he progressed in his rookie year, but he seemed bothered by it. 
Like, the other receiver that was traded this obviously was Tyree Tyre Kill. He didn't seem bothered by the Chiefs. Seemed like everyone was kind of amicable in that divorce. Like, you want to go? All right, cool. And then everyone's cool with it. Uh, Chiefs are fine. He he made a lot of money. He's fine. He's playing on a winning team. But the A.J. Brown thing seemed like there were some wounds there. Because didn't Mike Vrabel say, like, a couple weeks before the trade that they'll, they won't trade – he like, they won't trade A.J. Brown on his watch, and then they did – and I just – I think he's going to have a gigantic game. When we put together our same game parlay over at FanDuel later, there's no way Tucker and I are not including an A.J. Brown touchdown and A.J. Brown over his receiving yards in our same game parlay. Like, we just – that's a lock in, in, in when we do that over at I'm FanDuel. I'm buying lots of A.J. Brown stock this weekend. So, you know what you can do over at FanDuel? You know how you could take those, like, alternate props on yardage? You know, his yardage total might be what, like, I don't know, 70, 65, something like that. But you can go like 75 plus, 100 plus, 125 plus. I think we could um I think we could have ourselves a really really big game from AJ Brown. Tom is in Marlton. What's up, Tom? Hey, Joe, long time no time. Uh yeah, so I was just telling the Tucker this time last year, would we think that we're in this position to even go out or even think about getting one of these top 4 Shortstops. Even in June, did we think about that either? It's amazing that we're that we're in this position that we have one or two more pieces to get to, you know, the ultimate goal here. Well, you're, Tom, you're right. I, I I didn't think about it. I mean, I, you know, we knew Segura was a free agent to be, and I think we all kind of looked at the team and we said, yeah, of course they could use more pieces. But I I hadn't honed in on this the way we are now. Like now, it feels like this is their offseason plan. And Tom, the other part of it that's interesting is they kind of need one, not so much for the position. They they need to replace Bryce Harper's bat for half the season. Correct. Correct. That and, you know, I'm still worried about pitching, uh, but the fact that baseball in this town is relevant again is amazing. Um, I'm, I love the Eagles, but I'm a baseball guy at heart, and it's just amazing that we're in this position. So I, I, I'm, I'm good with any three. I like Dansby. He's a, he's a cool story from Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. you know, hard worker, but he's not a big dog. He's not going to be a big dog. He's going to be a, a player, a bit player his whole career. I agree with that. Like He's a good player, right? He's a, he's turned himself into a good one. He's a good defender. He could, he could pop 20 home runs. But I don't I don't see special, Tom, when I watch you know Dan's response. Correa, Turner uh, are special. And Bogarts is probably the most consistently really good. So you, you, you like that too. But, I mean, any three would be great. I, I'm just excited they're meeting with all four. Like that tells me they're, they're in this to get one of these guys. They're in it to win it right now. Yep. They definitely are. Uh, there's no question Thanks, about that. Joe. Tom, you got it, buddy. And how about this? So we got a, a little soundbite here we want to break to you. Rob Thompson speaking of Philadelphia Card Show. Is that where he was scheduled to be? Um, he was well, scheduled to be there this weekend. So it's, is, Topper, uh, is Topper blowing everybody off? Maybe bigger yes. fish to fry? Here's Rob Thompson on his plans for this weekend. Hey, Philly fans. Rob Thompson here. Geez, I apologize for not being there on Saturday. I just can't make it. I, unfortunately, at the last minute, I was called out of town. I got to do some work to try and make the 2023 Phillies even better than the 2022 version. Again, I apologize. I will be there the next time. I'm sorry I let you down, but uh, uh, I will make it up to you. Thanks. Have a great day. Listen, Topper, there's there's no reason to apologize. If if Topper brings Carlos Correa or Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts back from San Diego, you think anyone's upset? I just like his tone of voice. Like he had the charisma of someone canceling a dentist appointment. <laughs> Which we've all done. I mean, let's let's be real. Sorry, can't make it. 
He's got bigger fish to fry. Now, I will say this. I like Rob Thompson a lot. I'm not sure if Rob should be leading the pitch. You know, does Rob Thompson strike you as a pitch man? Where he's going to get up there and, and wow somebody on the microphone? I think he should be like the closer. I think he sits very quietly in the corner of the room and then has like one big line at the end to and really I, to really put an exclamation point on it. Yeah, like a big line. Like like he he brings the house down with that like, last line. Do you think line. they do like good cop, bad cop, and he's the bad cop, and Dabrowski is the good cop? But it's like a bit, and at the end, everyone laughs because he's like interrogating Carlos Correa about something. Yeah. You cheated, didn't you? And then they all laugh, and then he signs. You cheated me out of a pennant. And they, oh, that's perfect. Yes, because Correa was on the Astros and, and Thompson, the Yankees bench coach. Yeah, there we go. And then at the end, they all laugh and hug, and they throw around like $300 million of John Middleton's money. Sounds like a plan to me. Al is in Northeast Philly. What's up, Al? Al, buddy, what's up? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Excuse me, I was taking you off my Bluetooth. Oh, uh, you got it, Al. No worries. What's on your mind? What are you All thinking? Right, man, I appreciate you cutting me off earlier talking about I'm on a motorcycle. Oh, were you? I, my apology if I got a bad exhaust system and I <laughs> need to fix my hoopsie. Oh, that's okay. I, well, I, I, was concerned, okay. I was concerned more for your safety. I mean, that would be oh, dangerous to ride the motorcycle I and call. Impre- I'm not on a. I'm in a car. I know, I know. I, 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 I get it now. I'm just kidding. I know, I know. I, I didn't take none person. Uh, uh, back to what I was saying earlier. I got several. Now I got several because I've been sitting that back listening mm-hmm. for the last well, uh, at least about a half hour, twenty minutes, just listening to you and going back and forth to set the other Phillies, Eagles. Because only I had was the Eagles. Now I got the Phillies. Fuck. Excuse my language. I hate the Sixers right now. Doc needs to go. Why? Because the schedule loss? Get him out? Period. Period. The whole system. Screw the process. The process is done. Well, the process is dead, right? Exactly. All right. So now, back to, uh, that was what, I'm telling you, I've been sitting here for like 20 minutes waiting on you. Well, I like that. You you got a bunch of things you want to say. You got to reel them off. Okay. And you gave me more fuel to light the fire. The Eagles, the Eagles are fine. Everybody complained about saying, oh, they need to, we don't need to be this, don't need to be that. Going into, it's the NFL. You're winning, take your wins. One, five, three, ten, twenty. A win is a win. Am well, I right? Well, it is, especially in a league where there's a lot of close games. I mean, you could be a good okay. team and lose. And they, they've, the won, they've won ten out of eleven. It's the NFL. So, everybody said, oh, don't want them to go undefeated. They went 10-0, now, I mean 9-0, now all of a sudden they got lost. Now all oh, everybody want to throw, um, throw gas on the fire. Oh, they're bad, this, that, the other. No, you asked for it. You asked for it. You asked for a loss, they gave you a loss. It wasn't intentional. It was a bad, sloppy game on their part. Well, it was. I mean, all those turnovers were ridiculous. Exactly. It was a bad, sloppy game. If you watched the game, they had opportunities to win. Oh, multiple. I mean, Al, if they just turned the ball over one less time, they'd probably win that game. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So you're asking for what you want. 
You say they not this, and they are. It is a, it, it's a stew. It's all these see, these seasons that you're putting in this pot. It's going to come. It's what you put into it. You ask for it. That's what you want. That's what you get. But don't underestimate them because they're they're good. Yeah, they're, they, they absolutely are. Al, Al, what are you thinking on the fills here? What's your thought? The fills. Mm-hmm. Improve the defense. Fine pitching. And don't worry about Harper. Well, I'm not worried. Yeah, I mean, I, and well, exactly. Yeah, I'm not worried about. I mean, he'll be back, exactly. and, and he'll he'll be he's fine. Going on surgery. He's going to be out for a while. Yeah. Well, he will. All and, right. And so probably till midseason. That's going to be ace and hold coming in late, later in the season. We're spinning it to a positive. I, Al, I like that, man. I appreciate your phone call. Al spinning the Bryce thing to like they're getting him back. It's like a big big acquisition. Do you think that's going to be their story if they don't make a deadline move? Of course. And depending on how much they spend here this offseason, you know, they could be bumped. I imagine they're going to go back over the luxury tax um, because I don't know how they do this properly. If they get one of these shortstops, like, they still need more players, so they're going to have to go over that, that first level of tax like last year. But you think about it, I don't know if they want to bump over the second level of tax. So maybe when we get to the, the trade deadline, if they don't do a lot or they do a little or they, you know, they're they not shopping in the expensive aisle – it might be because, well, we got Bryce Harper back. You know that 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 could be, and and, and that makes sense. I mean, you're, you're getting a guy that's going to hopefully be a gigantic player for you in the second half of the season. Or what to watch for? You're sponsored by Xfinity. Xfinity, the faster net in Philadelphia, and the sponsor of our Xfinity line. So I was watching for the injury report today for the Eagles and the Titans to come out, and it did. We actually, I would say, had a surprise uh, injury addition by the Eagles. So yesterday, Robert Quinn was what rest? That was a rest day for Robert Quinn. Yeah, they usually rest about 20 guys every yeah. every Thursday. So no one thought anything of it. But today, Robert Quinn was listed as out. Robert Quinn is hurt. A knee issue for Robert Quinn, who really has done nothing since he got here. I mean, if I told you Robert Quinn never actually showed up from Chicago, like they traded for him, they gave the fourth-round pick, and then he hasn't actually arrived yet, would you know if I was lying or not? I'm not sure you would. He, I mean, he really has done nothing since he got here. And maybe, the, you know, this could be part of an explanation. Maybe he's been dealing with something and they've just, you know, treated it or just it hasn't been significant enough that it's hampered him to where it's been on the injury report. But he's out. So we'll see where this goes um, for the Eagles. Now, as far as Jordan Davis goes, it seems like he's trending towards playing. Now, as far as the injury report goes, and this is more procedural, he wasn't on the injury report. But that's because he's on the IR, right? Like, it's not because... He's in for sure. Usually when a player's hurt and they're not given an injury designation, that means they're playing. But Jordan Davis, it's different because he, well, they open up the window, the 21-day window on Jordan Davis. So, I mean, I would think there's a good chance he's going to play because he seems to be trending in the right direction. But I, I wouldn't, that's not a lock till Sunday morning. So Jordan Davis, maybe, but trending towards thumbs up. Gone is Robert Quinn for this weekend. But the other side, the Titans did report this week. I thought there was a big one. Danico Autry, one of their pass rushers, out this weekend. Um, leads the team in sacks and quarterback hits. He's probably their best pass rusher. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is probably their best defensive player, but he's really good, Autry. That's a that's a big blow for the Titans. He's their best pass rusher by far with, with Harold Landry out for the year. Yeah, and you would think this is a game 
just based on the matchups, look, the Titans are really good stop, you know, stopping the run. The Eagles, we know, love to run. They ran for 357 last week. But this feels like a game where the Eagles are going to throw the football more. The A.J. Brown revenge game, you know, the best pass rusher for the for the Titans out of the game. So I think we could be having ourselves a game for Jalen to throw the football more than uh, more than usual here. All right, let's get to trust the pregame delivered to you by PGW. PGW delivering safe, reliable energy to Philadelphia for more than 180 years. PGW energy for all of us. Visit PGWorks.com for details. We get the Sixers and the Grizzlies tonight. In Memphis, which I'm excited for this game. I mean, it should be, it should be a good one. Sixers 12 and 10, the Grizzlies 12 and 9. But I haven't had a chance to react. I wasn't here last night. Um, I had never a chance to react. So it's actually, I guess we just missed it on Wednesday, like by minutes. So Wednesday night, uh, we were on doing the evening show. Sixers game in Cleveland ended. They got their doors blown off. We talked about it at, you know, when the game had ended, we talked about what happened, the score, and how they played in that game. Tobias only having three points, all of that. P.J. Tucker actually scoring. But what didn't happen uh, after that game is is I didn't hear and see until you know the show was over how Doc Rivers described the loss in Cleveland, which I know uh, set everyone ablaze here in Philadelphia yesterday. Here's Doc Rivers in Cleveland a couple nights ago after the loss. I mean, we just didn't have anything. It was... Um... You know, it was a schedule loss. That's how I felt. You know, when you could see guys, they just had no energy, no legs. Um, yeah, so not much tonight. So I, I have two thoughts on this. This is not the, not, it's not the first time Doc Rivers has used that, that phrase, schedule loss. And my first thought on this is that Doc Rivers is totally and completely tone deaf. I mean, of the city he's coaching in and of what that sounds like. I mean, that that's my first thought is you're tone deaf, Doc Rivers, that you don't understand what you're saying. Like, does he not pay it? Does anyone over there in the PR department talk to him? Is it, is any, does he know? First of all, he might not care. I mean, Doc Rivers, it feels to me like he's checked out in terms of caring. But the, the idea, like, does he realize how that comes off to a city that cares? This is this, this multiple times he said this. Now, my other thought on it is he's not wrong. I understand what he's saying. It's just why are you saying that? Like, this happens in the NBA every night. Th- you know, back-to-backs, three out of four. You know, he's, he's got a team right now that is not with all his starters, so his backups are playing way more minutes than they're used to. His point, and what I, what he, I, I think is, is probably logical, is this was going to be a tough spot for us. But you don't have to tell anybody that. Like you, there, there is a, a way to come off. Could you ever imagine Nick Sirianni saying that after the Eagles play on a short week? Like, all right, let's go to um, the Colts game. Right, the Colts game was a short week road game. Historically, what are short week road games in the NFL? You know what those are? Schedule losses. They're schedule losses. The Eagles, the Dallas game coming up on on. Um, Christmas Eve. You know what that is? That's a schedule loss. Do you think Nick Sirianni would ever dream of saying that when he got to the podium? If Let's say they lose 34-24 in Dallas on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. Could you imagine if Nick Sirianni got to the podium and said, well, you know, we didn't have it today. It was a schedule loss. That's our third straight road game. I mean, people would lose their minds and it would ruin Christmas. Is Doc Rivers tone deaf or is he just doesn't care anymore? I, I, it's got to be one of those two. I feel like it's the second one. Yeah, it might be. 
And he hasn't done a horrible job this year, right? That, like that's that, a, a fair point too. He hasn't. He hasn't, right? They they won seven to nine without Harden and and Embiid and Maxi. They they looked pretty good with backup Shake Milton. Looked like the guy who drained like fifteen straight three pointers against the Clippers the week before COVID interrupted the NBA season. The Sixers were looking pretty good up until that point, and you could come out and say, "Hey, our guys came out flat. Didn't show a lot of energy tonight. I was disappointed in that." But to basically tell your fans and to tell the the media that you know what, we should have even shown up tonight because we we had no chance of winning anyway. Well, then you're telling everybody that don't bother spending your money watching our team play when we have you know two, three road games in a row, second night of a back to back. Don't bother showing up because we aren't showing up. For a coach that's as experienced as Rivers and has been in this, and it's not his first year here. He's been here a little while now. I mean, this is like this year three. It feels longer. The doctor's experience is 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 weathering me. Do you miss Brett Brown? I kind of do. Yes, I I, I do miss Brett Brown. I mean, has Docker has done an appreciably better job than Brett Brown? I don't think so. I mean, what's the result? They don't get out of the second round anyway. So yes, I, I'm a spread bracket compared to Doc Rivers, but it's just what it is. It, it's you you show a lack of respect for your fan base, and you just like you have to be smarter than that. I I actually understand what he's saying. This does happen in pro sports. It happens in the NFL. It, I mean, it happens in baseball at the end of a long road trip, or when you use like in baseball, and you lose your whole bull, you use your whole bullpen the night before. Your bullpen's taxed. The next night, your starter gets uh, in trouble in the fourth inning and third inning. Guess what you're doing? You're leaving him in the game because your bullpen is taxed. It happens. And the Sixers have not played bad basketball the last couple weeks, especially because of all the guys they've had out. It, it kind of you, you give them a little pass this last three weeks for how they've played. But it's a tone-deaf comment by 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 Doc Rivers. Completely tone-deaf. 215-592-9494. Trust the pregame here as we get set for the Sixers and Grizzlies tonight. It's actually a fun matchup. Um, so John Morant came back. I mean, a couple nights ago, or he was, he was hurt, right? He had hurt his knee, and he's always kind of, he's always kind of banged up. Um, but as far as this game goes tonight, John Morant back. I mean, the Grizzlies are one of my favorite teams in the NBA to watch. Wasn't it last year here the Morant game? Morant had a crazy. They beat him, right? I think the Sixers beat the Grizzlies here last year, and Maxi and Morant went back and forth. I feel like we were on that night, and we reacted after the game. So. I mean, it should be – so tonight, let me I'll pull up the um, the spread on this game. We are looking at Sixers and Grizzlies. Grizzlies, a five-point favorite tonight, 218 on the total. Uh, Morant back for the, the Grizzlies, and he has been uh, – he's been remarkable. I mean, he's, he's one of the better players in the NBA. He's a, obviously a an MVP candidate along with Joel Embiid, and, and he's a guy that if you give him an inch – he will destroy you. He reminds me, John Morant, of like a combination of watching Allen Iverson and Russell Westbrook. Like actually, when he was actually good. Like he has, and Derrick Rose a little bit too, because he has that that kind of quickness to his game. Again, Rose before, before he got hurt, Westbrook when he was good, and Allen Iverson. He has all those kind of parts to his game. Now, one thing tonight to keep an eye on, and and this will be this will be something we'll talk about after the game, especially if they don't have a lot of energy or they don't have enough energy on the boards. So the Grizzlies, number one in the NBA this season in offensive rebound percentage. I mean, that's Steven Adams. That's Jaron Jackson. They and, and even John Moran, like he'll shoot it and then jump to, you know, run to the basket and get his own rebound. That's one tonight they can't allow the Grizzlies to just get a bunch of offensive rebounds. Because don't the Grizzlies strike as a team, if they play well, they'll just run the Sixers out of the gym. 
Yeah, I mean, they play with a lot of energy, right? And that's something we saw the Sixers get run out of the gym by the Cavaliers who play a similar style. And, yeah, the Sixers, I think, are 27th or 28th in, in pace of play right now. They they tend to play a much slower brand of basketball. It's not going to get any better once James Harden comes back and, and stands at the top of the key and, and dribbles for 15 seconds every possession. So if the Sixers aren't moving, if they aren't running, if they aren't rotating on defense, it could be a long night. I mean, they could be a lot of extra possessions for Memphis, and I mean, they're only favored by four or five, but if they play with similar energy that they had in Cleveland the other night, it could be a double-digit loss again. Well, you said it about the energy. So the Grizzlies are number four in the NBA in transition offense. The Sixers bottom five in transition defense. They've been a pretty good defensive team this year, the Sixers. Actually, one of the better ones, but that's not where they're great. Transition defense. They need to get back, and they need to get rebounds. I mean, if they let the Grizzlies get offensive rebounds, this will be a very, very Long night for the Sixers. And guess what Doc Rivers can't do after the game tonight? You can't call this one a schedule loss. They had a day off. There's no schedule loss if they lose this game tonight. This is a game where um, they're underdogs. They're not at full strength. We get James Harden back likely Monday against the Rockets. But it is a game the Sixers need to show up in. And, and for Tobias Harris, who had had some good moments before, you know, a couple nights ago, can I get more than three points? And by the way, are we um, – are we looking at a a prop tonight for our guy Tucker? Are they listing it? Not not Tucker behind the glass. Not Tucker Bagley. They they gave us a prop. who scores more points tonight, me or PJ Tucker? Well, it could be even. Um, they gave us a prop. They gave us three and a half. Should we slam the under? I'm really leaning the under. And how about this? It's it's actually it's not really juiced. It's minus one hundred five to the over, minus one fifteen to the under. P.J. Tucker. I mean, how many games this season he's had under three and a half? A lot. Like seven of the last eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last game was the first time. Well, maybe they think he's getting hot now because he scored, what, six against the Cavs? You know that was the most points he scored since October? I mean, are you surprised? I mean, they- no, yeah, I think he had 13 on Halloween or the night before Halloween, and he never scored more than six until last night. Big, ho- big Halloween guy we found out, that P.J. Tucker. Two, one- he loves Halloween. I mean, I think we all do. Trust the pregame delivered to you by PGW. PGW delivering safe, reliable energy to Philadelphia for more than 180 years. PGW Energy for all of us. Visit pgworks.com for details. Your phone calls, a big 8 o'clock hour coming up, including NFL picks, guess the takes, our official FanDuel Sportsbook, same game parlay, including our favorite props for the Eagles and the Titans. When we get back, we'll get uh, we'll get the lowdown on what's going on with this Titans team. Buck Reising is going to join us. He's on 104.5 The Zone down in Nashville. How good are the Titans? Should we be worried? And is, is Derrick Henry the same guy he used to be? And what happened with A.J. Brown? Why is he not a Titan any longer? Buck Reising is going to join us next on Sports Radio 94 WIP.